Announcement. The revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution Podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. Hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. What's up, guys? Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado, on another amazing episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast, where we are sharing the real story of cannabis and hemp through the eyes of the entrepreneurs who are pushing this industry forward. If you're someone looking for products that you can depend on to deliver the results you're looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. We are happy to help. We've vetted over 2,000 products and uh, have selected some of our favorites to be listed right there along with some easy to digest information that you can use to uh, understand cannabis and its effectiveness. Um, If you are a budding entrepreneur, we'd love to hear your story and find out more about what you're doing to create a change and a ripple in the world. Shoot me an email, sonia at medicalsecrets.com. I'm excited to get to know you better and to hear more about your story. I invite you now to like and share this content. This is going to be an incredible interview where we are actually going to, for once, talk about the thing that fuels this entire industry, and that is the patient's experience with cannabis and with hemp. And not so much even the experience, but really the success after addressing the symptoms or syndrome that causes the symptom. And um, as we know, even though there's only 40 listed, there's about four. 40,000 that we should be aware of and really practicing. And my guest today, after 20 years of being treated with approved opioid medications for CRPS or chronic regional pain syndrome called the suicide disease, her physical or her physician told her that his medical group would no longer prescribe pain medication to any of their patients, stating it is an office policy change and that they do not want, uh, that they do not know who will help them. Doctors became focused on the drug, not them help, not their health. She found herself medically abandoned as she struggled with multiple chronic pain illnesses looking for treatment. She was being forced off opioids as she was contracting, as she was contracting pulmonary lung disease or pulmonary MAC lung disease, a severe and deadly form of non-contagious TB on top of struggling with COPD. Her name was already submitted for a lung transplant and denied due to the Oxycontin. Left with no good treatment options, she turned to medical cannabis. She was frustrated, found herself looking for anything and everything she could get her hands on to learn how to tape, how to taper safely with cannabis. She found no help, no advice. And at a time when her teeth needed help, when her health needed help the most, I got tongue tied here, as she laid in a hospital bed fighting for her life, unable to breathe for herself, she did not recognize the medical community around her, a medical community she, as a medical community, she was once a part of working in hospitals to specializing in oncology. She decided she would fight. She would have to make 
her own fight and make sure that no one else would ever find themselves fighting for their life or being forced off an FDA-approved drug. She has tapered from 240 milligrams a day to 25 milligrams a day of Oxycontin. Her lung nodules are improving, something that is rarely heard of with or without traditional treatments. EffectiveCannabis.com became a reality as a result of her pain and health, which began to improve. She devoted every minute of her day studying, learning, and working to understand how cannabis is improving medical conditions and pain for other people uh, besides herself. And as she works to help others live uh, a healthier, happier life or help them manage the chronic pain that they're in and chronic illnesses, she strives to help them find and achieve effective results, which is how effective cannabis came into play. I'm super excited to have somebody here who's not only a patient, a success story and a patient themselves, but somebody who is helping to advocate and support other patients making that same uh, transition. Put your hands together for yet another lady boss in the cannabis space, Miss Debbie Wimberly. How's it going, Debbie? Yeah, it's going great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, and what an honor to be able to hear your story. I've done some pretty extensive research into your background, but would love to hear straight from you. Who are you? What is your background? And how did you end up in the cannabis craze? Well, I actually had a very big interest in the medical field from a very young age, basically due to my family having hereditary medical conditions. So I went into school to become a medical technologist, specialized in oncology, and then found myself myself struggling with health conditions and having to actually give up work um, and not being able to work anymore because I became so ill. And then through the process, I've been advocating for myself and other patients to make sure that they get proper access to treatments and medicines and doctors that they need. Then I found myself, like you said, sitting on the outside of a doctor's office thrown to the curb and no one wanting to help me. found myself begging for someone to help me, and then I became what's called a pill shopper. And that's not where any patient should ever find themselves. And doctors are abandoning patients every day. There will be more people that will die today due to this. And I just decided there's enough of this and we have to do something about it. And little did I know I was starting this business just to manage and help chronic pain patients, but then have discovered that I'm improving my own lungs, MAC lung disease, and treating other health conditions, which just opened the door for us to realize we need to study how cannabis is medicine and how patients are improving their health. And it matters by each specific medical condition. What about, um, what, it, what was it about your <clears throat> condition that, in, that, or what was it that at that time where your doctors told you we're not going to treat you anymore and they pushed you out? As I was going through your, your history, there's this segment in there where it was a little fuzzy to me. I wasn't sure like with such chronic condition and with such, you know, chronic pain, why and how could your doctor not <laughs> treat you? I would like the answer to that myself. That's something I struggle with still today. Um, it was due basically to the opiate crisis that we live in now. And all of a sudden, they were treating the medicine or the condition that they thought I was going to become addicted. After being on 
opiates for 20 years, fentanyl and uh, Oxycontin and Oxycodone, all three of those. Uh, at high doses, I was at 240 milligrams a day and had wow. been on that high a dose for years. And all of a sudden, I was they were worried that I was gonna, going to become addicted. And it's like, so we're not even treating something that's a reality. We're chasing something that doesn't even exist. And I would go to my other doctors. I went to all of my other doctors and asked them, can you help me? And they all said the same thing. No, we can't help you. You're at too high a dose. If you could just get down to a lower dose, somebody might help you. Well, how do you get from 240 milligrams a day to 90 milligrams a day is the question I had because that's what everybody kept telling me. I didn't put me on 240 milligrams a day. The doctors did. And when they would tell me, you just need to get down to 90, I would say, okay, let's write a prescription for 90. And they were like, oh, no, I won't do that. Well, bottom line is they won't do that because they knew that's something that would land me in a hospital, probably fighting for my life. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's where I, I define myself. <laughs> I literally am never, this is, you know, a similar story with less severity for me, I was over-medicated and underserved by the medical system. And every after my um, accident, I found myself going to doctor after doctor, specialist after specialist, because no one could give a definitive answer as to why I was experiencing what I was experiencing. And every doctor that I went to just prescribed something else that would adjust the symptoms that I was getting from the previous medication. And I found myself on seven different medications and, you know, a hundred pounds overweight. So I can totally recognize and relate to that frustration, um, of feeling like just confused and sort of abandoned by the team that you trust to take (laughs) care of you. Um, and I did something similar. I started to advocate for cannabis after I figured out that it would actually work. How was it that you came to, to use cannabis or to start to, you know, integrate this more quote unquote holistic medicine as an alternative to 240 MGs? It started the day I went to a, a pain clinic and never had seen them. It's the doctor that my doctor recommended I go check to see if they might help me. And they told me, not asking many questions. I'm sitting in a wheelchair on oxygen, can't breathe on my own, can't walk on my own because I had a tendon tear or rupture in my foot and I was developing MAC lung disease, which we didn't know at that time, but I was. And he told me that I would have to go into detox that day, detox off 240 milligrams of Oxycontin in one week And he would start me on methadone for the rest of my life. And he would put a spinal cord stimulator in my back. What? And that's when I said, enough. You don't know me. What about my health? They didn't care. They didn't care at all. No one once asked me why I was sitting in that chair or why I was on oxygen. They just wanted me off of a drug. And that is not a place that anyone should ever find themselves. I spent six years or five years at the beginning of getting chronic regional pain syndrome, doing experimental treatments and signing my life away to doctors to do whatever they wanted to, to me to basically just make this pain that I do not want to go away. And then I had worked so hard to get my pain to maybe a level of six on some days, but generally I still lived in a pain of 10 for over 20 years. 
And now they're telling me they're going to do this to me. I walked out of that office so hurt and rejected and abandoned by my doctors. And I have no trust in them now. And I said, I won't go through this anymore. And I have to do something. And so I found my way through another doctor that was treating my ruptured tendon into a group of doctors that were trying to put together a study for people with lower extremity pain, basically people with uh, that struggled with diabetes, to see if cannabis could help, because luckily I live in a medical cannabis state. And they asked me to join that group because they could see what shape I was in and the stress that I was under. And so I joined that group. Unfortunately, that group didn't survive, but I continued on. And so there I had to learn by myself. And I spent every minute figuring out how to use cannabis and to do it safely. But I had to force down off of 240 milligrams of Oxycontin to 180 all at once. And that is not a good place or a right thing to do for anyone that's struggling and living in chronic illness. It's not just chronic pain that they're affecting. They're affecting your whole health. Wow. And so, and so in the, through this whole transition, how quickly after being in the pain clinic, finding out about cannabis, how quickly did you use it and then see results? It was November 18th when I was told that my doctor would no longer provide me with prescriptions anymore. It was December 25th when I, or 26th when I started using cannabis and was forced to taper from 240 to 180. And then I landed in a hospital. I was buying cannabis, not knowing how to use it, asking the bud tender. And he was, of course, throwing everything at me, but not really understanding all of my health and what was going on. He was doing his best. And come January, I found myself laying in a hospital bed fighting for my life because I couldn't breathe anymore because I didn't know how to do cannabis to control my pain. And I was developing Mac lung disease and I got the flu and everything just came tumbling down. So it was, it took me almost a year to fully understand how to control my pain with cannabis because I had to learn how to deal with Mac lung disease now, which is very harsh medical condition. It's not something that anybody wants. And the morbidity of it is five years. So I had to try to figure out how to deal with that on top of learning how to use cannabis. And I couldn't use any traditional medications for the Mac lung disease because it affected every joint and tendon in my body. And I couldn't even raise my arms off the side of my my. I couldn't raise my arms off the side of my body to even turn on a light switch. And I was already sitting in a wheelchair with a ruptured tendon. So it took me about a year to fully get it under control. But by the end of that year, I was down to a pain level of three. And that is actually something I never, ever thought I would see in my entire life again. Wow. I'm like amazed by this story. So now you're getting the results. Now you're seeing, you know, and this is, is this right around the time that cannabis started to go crazy in the marketplace and become more readily available? Or how are you sourcing your cannabis? Uh, we were a medical recreational uh, medical state, so I could actually go into a dispensary and pick up whatever I needed. Um, it took visiting lots of dispensaries, meeting lots of individuals to figure out what strains were going to help me for my health conditions. Uh, because I soon realized within that year that there was a change happening with my lungs. 
and that I wasn't really sure what it was. And I was kind of afraid to say anything to anybody because I was afraid that I was just wanting it so bad that it was happening, but it was happening. And so then I started having to try to figure out how to control and manage my lungs along with my pain. And so that became more strain specific and understanding how to consume it became very important and making sure I was using the right methods to help my lungs and not harm them. And that's the good news. We are actually finding improvement in my lungs instead of harming them, which is something that's truly amazing and I'm very excited about. But in the process of this, it took a lot of me just going on to, I use Greenflower Media, which is an educational site to help me with my pain. But there hasn't been anybody that will help me with understanding how to treat my lungs or what's happening with my lungs. I've been looking for that. I've asked multiple doctors to help me and no one seems to be interested. But then I understand doctors are just as confused as we are. They don't have the same information any more information than what we have. In fact, they generally have less information for the most part, most doctors do, than what we have as patients today. So going to just any doctor and asking them to help you is a very scary place for them. And I understand that because they're not taught any more than we've been taught. I don't know if that answered your question or not, but. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it absolutely answered my question. I know Learn Greenflower really well. A lot of the doctors that I'm in collaboration with are actually producing content for them. Um, And, you know, they're they're a great platform. There's also um, a few others that have been really, really fantastic for us. And I'll I'll share more of those with you. But talk to me a little bit about effective cannabis. When did you decide that through your own journey, you were going to start helping other people? I decided when I was laying in that hospital bed, fighting for my life, unable to breathe on my own, that this can't continue and that we have to do something that's different. And that's the day I decided to make something. I didn't know what it was going to be yet, but I had to get myself stable. So in 2017, I started building Effective Cannabis, and I first started it thinking, I'm just going to open it up so patients can share their story openly because I was so excited with what I had learned and what I was accomplishing. I wanted to share it with the world. Um, Little did I know, very few people want to share their story, and I understand why, because there's such a fear, a fear of losing your doctor, a fear of losing your job if you work, a fear of your family. So that became, okay, I have to turn this into something more. And the more I was learning about my health, the more I realized we really actually need to study this. We actually need to understand this. We keep hearing that there's not enough research on cannabis and whether it really does work for your health conditions. So I read all kinds of studies all the time trying to keep up to date with what's happening on cannabis and what health conditions are being improved. Because I've been an advocate for for people that struggle with mental illness, Alzheimer's, cancer for years. And so there's so many other health conditions that can benefit. So the more we can learn about that, the more we'll understand how to apply cannabis. So then I started looking at it. Well, how can we study this? And we're just at the basics of the beginning of studying it because we just need to understand what medical conditions are being treated with cannabis, which is far more than what anybody realizes. Then we need to understand what strains and what products are actually helping those health conditions because the more we study this, we understand that what works for me may not work for someone else. But the problem that most of us 
are having when we go into a dispensary to learn to use cannabis is they're just looking or focusing on one thing because people don't realize it could help a whole lot more things maybe that they're struggling with or that they have. That's what happened to me. I walked in just wanting relief for pain, but then soon realized I could treat all these other health conditions. But if you don't understand that, then you don't maybe make the best results possible. And then it became more aware that pharmaceuticals play a part in this. And so now we have a pharmacist that works with us, a registered licensed pharmacist that works with us. So he reviews everybody's medications to make sure that there's no interactions when you introduce cannabis or hemp to your pharmaceuticals because it will impact the way your body, well, we don't know that it always does, but we know it can impact how your pharmaceuticals work. And so your doctor needs to be aware of that. And so our pharmacist works with each patient to make sure that they understand their medications all the way across the board. And that's something that's being missed a lot today still. So it's really important that we study this and understand it. And that's where we ended up at Effective Cannabis, just trying to study this and learn the basics. So we try to learn what dispensaries are providing the best products, what strains are being used, what consumption is being used, understanding, because one of the things we find is that somebody can pick up, we'll just use Blue Dream as an example, because there's so many Blue, Blue Dreams, a pretty common strain. Depending on what dispensary you pick it up, it may have been grown differently, it may have been managed differently. It, there's just so many factors into that that it might not work the same as a blue dream that you picked up in another dispensary. Those are things that we're beginning to realize and understand. This is really science and understanding it from that viewpoint is when we're going to really start helping patients the most, but we just have to start with the basics and that's where we are today. Yeah, so true. So, so true. What is your mission? What is your mission with um, effective cannabis? Where do you see yourself um, hitting to, or what is the milestone that you're working towards right now? The most important thing is that every patient knows that cannabis has the ability to improve their health and their life. I speak with, I have to take IG infusions every month because my immune defi- I am immune deficient now because of my health. And I speak with patients on a regular basis, even there. And so many of them have cancer and they have no clue that cannabis is even an option. So we have to make sure patients understand there are other options out there that are maybe a more suitable treatment for you or an addition treatment to something that you're using. Um, The success we're seeing with cancer is truly amazing, but we can only do this if we know how. And so we need to make sure that patients at least learn how, but then we have to make sure they know how to approach it and address it with the doctors because not all doctors are open to this. We have to make sure that doctors are getting involved in this because we're talking about lots of health conditions and they all need to be treated. You can't just treat one and ignore the rest. And if we don't understand the endocannabinoid system and the role that it plays, because it plays a very big role in our overall health, the more we learn about this. And there's a reason we have it. And I believe it's out of harmony. So we have to teach patients or people that these are health conditions that they can improve if they know how. And we also have to make sure that we as an industry are working together, that the medical community and the cannabis community and the hemp community are working with patients. One of the frustrations I run into as I contact 
a lot of people. And because I am a business, but because I'm a patient, I try to take it as a patient's point of view to them so that they can understand what patients are needing. Because if we're not doing this for patients, I don't know what we're accomplishing because it's the patients and the end result that we want, because this is going to matter for for generations to come. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. What, um, what is the business model? I mean, I hear the advocacy piece. I hear the, um, you know, the promotional side of it where you're like, really pushing for people to adopt this idea and and I'm 100% online with it and cannot wait to share this interview with my community because I have many many people from all different walks of life who are on social most of which are on social security or government subsidy and they cannot access cannabis safely let alone have a support system where they can you know utilize it effectively so what is the business model? How do people engage with you? Are you building revenue right now? Uh, will you later if you're not now? For patients, everything is free. I cannot charge a patient to help them learn how to take care of their health. It's so important. And they're already being strapped, as you said. So I can't do that. Where I want the revenue to come from and we're not growing, I'm supporting this business all on my own. I've had offers, but I want people to see we're committed to them. This isn't about money. And I understand we need to make money, but until we have the correct training and patients understand and our doctors understand, everybody understands that this is medicine. If we lose this, we have nothing. I don't have any other treatment choices. But dispensaries play a very big role in my plan because they're who have the patients and they're the ones that can help us gather the activity and how they're using their products. I haven't met a dispensary yet that is following exactly what medical conditions are being treated with whatever strain they're picking up at their store. We can provide that. We can share that information with them. We can also share with them how well it's working. But we need the patients. And that's the thing we're struggling the hardest with right now is getting patients to join the study because it's like looking for a needle in a haystack to find a patient. I go into dispensaries and talk to them and they don't want to. They keep telling me it's HIPAA. They can't talk to me. We, I don't ask for anybody's information until they sign up for effective cannabis. And they volunteer to give us medical information. And we don't ask for a whole lot of medical information, but we have to have enough to know and evaluate that you are a patient so that we can understand how to help you. So dispensaries and hemp industries play a very huge role here. So if you have products that you're using and you want to learn how they're working and if people are really finding success and what medical conditions are being treated, because I believe... Like right now, and it just take Arizona alone, probably 99% of the patients that are in, enrolled in the medical marijuana program are enrolled for pain. Mm-hmm. But if you take my conditions and look at them, I'm treating like six different medical conditions and we're just losing sight to that. And we can't do that. So we that's where I say hemp and cannabis industries play such a big part of effective cannabis and it's actually learning to study and us working together and for us to supply them with that information, we're willing to provide that, but we also need to receive a little token back in return. Not asking for a lot, but we need a little token in return because that 
patients have worked too hard on their own to try to get here that we're just not going to give it away. Such a good point. And what would be some key pieces of advice that you would offer people who are trying to get involved with this type of movement or this type of industry in your experience with the distance that you've come? What would be one or two key pieces of advice that you could offer somebody who's trying to understand getting in this space? You need to understand it's not like any business you've ever been in before. You have to fight for everything. I've been at the beginning of a lot of businesses that are starting. I was at the very beginning of uh, computers networking together from one business to the other. I helped create that whole industry when I worked for digital equipment. And But we didn't have to go off and fight for banking. We didn't have to go off and fight because it was an illegal, because we're actually working within a federally illegal business. So everything you do, you have to fight for. So you better be ready to fight if you're going to get in this business. And you just can't get discouraged. You have to remember that there's a purpose for this, that this matters. This is something, I think this is the greatest thing we're all going to work on in my lifetime. There is nothing that's any bigger than this. So put your heart and soul into it. Show your passion. Be open. Be honest. That's the one thing that concerns me the most is that we're all in this just to get money. Not all of us, but I mean, there's a lot of people that are just out there to get money, to get rich off of it. I worry about this with some of the CBD products that I see that are coming out on the shelf. I believe in CBD and I support it and I want to work with quality companies. But with CBD and the way it's coming out right now, we have too many products that we don't even know if they are CBD or if they're safe or if they're even going to provide the benefits that patients are looking for. So we need to be honest. We need to be upfront. We need to be sure we can put our name behind something that we stand for. But most importantly, stick to your guns, work through it, fight hard, don't give up, because this is the most important thing you'll ever work on. I'm going to just breathe that in for a second, because I think it's... (laughs) Because I I think it's really good, really, really good advice. And I also think that, you know, when I've said this, I've said this a thousand times and I'm going to say it one more time because I, I don't know if anyone quite gets it. But when you are, if you consider yourself to be like a Da Vinci or a Michelangelo or a Monet, um, something tells me that when they were, you know, two inches away from the cannabis or from the, from the cannabis, from the canvas. (laughs) I do that all the time. (laughs) And trying to, you know, paint the perfect flower, paint the fingertip or paint, you know, the smile on the Mona Lisa. Chances are they had no idea what it was that they were creating or how important it would become until they stepped away from the canvas and they could see like, oh shit, I was painting a fingernail and now all of a sudden it's the Sistine's Chap or, or I was painting a smile and now it's Mona Lisa, but you don't even know it's Mona Lisa until it's, you know, 25 years later and you're dead, you know? So I, I think the cannabis industry is very much that way right now for the people who are in it, we're like, battered and bruised, but having a great time. So there's no way we're going to stop in the hemp industry. We're battered and bruised, but you know, we are so connected to the work that we're not going to stop. And the patients are battered and bruised from previous encounters with medical systems that have not served them well. That's not to say that the Western medicine hasn't had its place, 
but they have not been served well. It's turned into more of a conveyor belt rather than people really caring and helping, you know, with the full recoveries. Um, hmm. Well, if so we had enough for- about the endocannabinoid system, we might have made better success. This is one of the things that I focus on a lot is that that system is huge in our body. It plays a very important role. Uh, the more I study that, the more I know that. And we cannot treat health conditions without treating that as well. And our medical community doesn't even recognize that still today and doesn't take it into consideration. If they want to be successful, that's how they're going to do it is by including that as well. Pharmaceuticals are still needed and people do use them. But I just think this is giving people the opportunity to have a life they never could have imagined. I mean, never, ever could have even thought was possible. I can tell you, I never could have dreamed that I could sit here and talk to you today without oxygen on. That was something I could not do before. I never thought I could do what I'm doing. I never thought I would work again, but I am. I am able to do this from my home to help patients so you don't have to actually have a brick and mortar to help people. There's so many things in the cannabis industry you can do. It is wide open. But the most important thing is we all work together. When we're not working together, we're not going to make the changes that are needed and are possible. I mean, what else is there to say after you say (laughs) something like that? There's not much else to say. Where can people find you? If they want to work with you and support you. EffectiveCannabis.com. Or you can email at Debbie at EffectiveCannabis.com. Incredible. And what do we have to look forward to here in the next couple of months? Well, we're very excited. We're kicking off our very own podcast called Echo Effective Cannabis Helping Others. And this is where we're trying to bring patients, the industry, the cannabis industry and the medical industry together to have open discussion about what we can do to make cannabis real, how we play a part in working together. Amazing. Okay. Well, here we are. I cannot (laughs) wait to, I cannot wait to continue to support um, you and what you're doing and raising awareness and um, this is this is pieces that I'm so passionate about and why I started my role in this industry is to help highlight folks like yourself and the good work that you're doing. So thank you so much. And for those of you guys who are tuning in, thank you for being a part of this community. I invite you now to like and share this content because you are going to quite literally help us transform the way that we are thinking about and talking about cannabis in our families and in our communities. Um, If you're someone looking for products that you can depend on, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. And if you are a budding entrepreneur, a brand or business in this space, I'd love to hear your story. Shoot me an email, Sonia at medicalsecrets.com. And I would look forward to getting to know you better. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. We'll see you on our next show, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the hemp revolution. And we challenge you to dream big and love the life you live.